Welcome to the Northeast Christian Podcast. We're so excited that you've decided to check out our weekly messages. We hope that you're challenged and inspired by what you're hearing today. We'd love to have you join us this weekend at one of our campuses or online at northeast.live. For more information on Northeast, visit us at necchurch.org. If you love the Northeast podcast, subscribe to our channel and leave us a comment or a rating in the Apple Podcast Store. Today we are in week two of a quick sermon series that we are doing um, really focused on evangelism. And if you were here with us last week, Tyler opened up the conversation by reminding us how important it is to walk the walk so that we can talk the talk. And today we're continuing that conversation and we're going to be figuring out what in the world we're supposed to say when that opportunity comes for us to share and talk about what God has done in our lives, it's really all about sharing our story and how overcomplicated far too many of us tend to make that concept. Uh, We have to be ready to tell our story. Not only do we get to be ready, but we've actually been told that it is our responsibility to do that. Tyler read this verse last week, but I want to start our conversation with this as the foundation. In 1 Peter 3.15, we read these words. It says, and if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. How ready do you feel to explain the hope that you have? And I don't just mean to be able to explain it by opening up your Bible and reading a passage of scripture that's super convicting or by sharing about the scientific case um, for evidence of God's existence. Because while both of those things are extremely effective, what can be just as effective and has the power to be effective is simply sharing your story. Sharing what God has done in your life and through your life is sometimes the most powerful way to introduce someone to Jesus. The Bible, um, does anybody have their Bible with them today? I think actually only Tyler gives out bonus points for the Bibles. I don't actually do that. So, um, but the Bible is important for us to talk about because the Bible is one big story about God and his relentless pursuit of every single one of us. He has been pursuing us before we were ever born. And when we talk about our story, what we are actually doing is bringing the pages of this book to life. Because there are people in your life who are never going to feel comfortable opening up the pages of this book to learn about Jesus. But they might just be a little more comfortable sitting in front of you over a cup of coffee or watching a football game or just having a conversation and your willingness in that moment to talk about the victories, the hurts, the pain, the regrets that you have walked through, but how you have seen God move in your life through those moments sometimes are more powerful of a witness and of a sermon than anything they might read if they opened up this Bible and tried to understand it for the first time ever. You become a living example of what this book teaches. I want to remind you that there is no one else in the entire universe that has your story. The highs and the lows and everything in between, those are unique only 
to you. Every moment of your life and every decision that you have made has led to where you are today and the good, the bad, the ugly, it's all part of your story. So what is your story? Is it a story of life transformation, of like a before and after, where maybe you were facing a difficult moment, a difficult season that you made it through? Maybe it's about God showing up unexpectedly in a situation where you just had no clue how you were going to make it through, but then you clearly saw God's presence in a way you never could have imagined. Maybe your story is simply one about God's faithfulness and consistency in your life and the stability of that over the years. There is no good or bad story and there is no right or wrong way to tell your story. It is very important to remember that when it comes to sharing with someone about what God has done in your life, there are no rules around that. You might find lots of templates and structured and pre-filled, beautifully crafted statements that you could just plug your name into, but I can promise if you go that route to tell your story, it simply will not be as honest, as sincere, and as vulnerable as God is asking us to be when we talk about what he has done in our lives. So don't focus on trying to have the fanciest words or the most rhyming sentences. Don't focus on making it flashy because nothing is more powerful than simply using the words from your own heart. Telling our story, talking about what God has done in our lives is an act of worship. It's one of the best ways that we show God that we see him. It's one of the most powerful ways that we can feel his presence in our lives. And I think that for too many of us, there are all these reasons or excuses that we've thought of, of why we simply don't talk about what God has done in our lives. And too often, it's because we don't feel like we can wrap our story up with some pretty little bow, some amazing feat of triumph at the end of our story. And because we don't yet know how our story is going to end We don't even try to tell our story with the beginnings or the middles that we have in front of us right now. And and some of our belief or our lies around thinking that's what our story has to sound like has come from what our world defines as a good story. Kurt Thompson is a Christian psychiatrist and author, and he wrote a book recently called The Soul of Shame. And he talked about stories in his book and talked about the power of of telling our stories. And here's what he said that I think is a good reminder for all of us today. He said, good stories have beginnings, middles, and ends. They emerge from somewhere and they go somewhere. But unlike a book whose words don't change over the course of years, our stories change routinely with the passage of time. Our stories are always changing based on what we are experiencing in our lives. Your story is still unfolding, my story is still unfolding, and we can't keep waiting to start talking about it until we think our story is complete because by that point, it will be too late. This morning for our conversation, I want to read to you um, a story from scripture. It's a story found in the book of Exodus, and it is a review for many of you because you've likely heard this story before. Uh, We're going to read the account of the parting of the Red Sea. And the reason that we're reading this story is because it is truly an example of the Israelites living out the concept of sharing your story. The Israelites during this time are doing their very best to escape slavery in Egypt, and there is an army coming after them, and they know that their lives are at risk. And the only thing that's keeping them from the freedom that they are trying to reach is this massive Red Sea in front of them. And they know in that moment that if they could just get to the other side, they would be free, but there is no possible way 
that they can do that, at least not by their own strength. We're going to read this passage. It is pretty long, so I'm asking you in advance to just hang with me and make sure you keep up because the context is super important for our conversation. We're starting in Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. So read along with me. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they will charge in after the Israelites. My great glory will be displayed through Pharaoh and his troops, his chariots and his charioteers. And when my glory is displayed through them, all Egypt will see my glory and know that I am Lord. Then the angel of God, who had been leading the people of Israel, moved to the rear of the camp. The pillar of God also moved from the front and stood behind them. The cloud settled between the Egyptian and the Israelite camps. And as darkness fell, the cloud turned to fire, lighting up the night. But the Egyptians and Israelites did not approach each other all night. Then Moses raised his hand over the sea, and the Lord opened up a path through the water with a strong east wind. The wind blew all that night, turning the seabed into dry land. So the people of Israel walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground with walls of water on each side. Then the Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses, charioteers, uh, and chariots, chased them into the middle of the sea. But just before dawn, the Lord looked down on the Egyptian army from the pillar of fire and cloud, and he threw their forces into total confusion. He twisted their chariot wheels, making their chariots difficult to drive. Let's get out of here, away from these Israelites, the Egyptians shouted. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. When all the Israelites had reached the other side, the Lord said to Moses, raise your hand over the sea again. And then the waters will rush back and cover the Egyptians and their chariots and charioteers. So as the sun began to rise, Moses raised his hand over the sea and the water rushed back to its usual place. The Egyptians tried to escape, but the Lord swept them into the sea and the waters returned and covered all the chariots and charioteers, the entire army of Pharaoh. Of all the Egyptians who had chased the Israelites into the sea, not a single one survived. But the people of Israel had walked through the middle of the sea on dry ground as the water stood up like a wall on both sides. That is how the Lord rescued Israel from the hand of the Egyptians that day. And the Israelites saw the bodies of the Egyptians washed up on the seashore. When the people of Israel saw the mighty power that the Lord had unleashed against the Egyptians, they were filled with awe before him. I want you to imagine for just a moment how the Israelites probably felt uh, those moments leading up to when the sea split, when the sea parted and created a path for them to come through. The reality of the circumstances that they were facing in that moment, that reality told them that their lives were clearly about to end. And I can only imagine that in those moments, they were extremely confused because of all that God had led them through, all that he had been walking them through to find freedom finally from slavery, for it to all end right there. I would imagine it was very difficult for them to wrap their minds and their hearts around why God would allow that to happen. They likely felt that God had abandoned them. They were sure that there was no way out, and they were probably extremely afraid they never could have imagined in those moments the story that God was about to give them, the story that God was about to challenge them 
to take to everyone who they met. But out of their most challenging moments, facing this huge Red Sea that they couldn't find a way through, out of that came a story that you and I are still talking about thousands of years later. You see, when we walk closely with God, sometimes especially when we walk closely with God, when we are obedient to him, we know without a doubt that we are going to face difficulties and detours and moments in life that feel a whole lot like we are standing up against a mountain in front of a rushing sea that will not slow down just like the Israelites faced that day. And you might think I'm telling you this story so that we can celebrate that from this day forward, the Israelites lived their lives in a way that never doubted or questioned God again. They followed him wholeheartedly without reservation, without slipping up. But we know this is not the case because just two chapters later, it turns out the Israelites were still doubting God's presence and God's power in in their lives. And in some ways, it's hard to imagine how or why God would continue loving the Israelites as much as he did when they just kept doubting his goodness. And I have to wonder why he does that in my life as well. Why does God keep showing up in my life when I keep doubting and wondering if he's good enough to do exactly that? But the reason that God continues to show up is because every time he does, he opens his arms wide, he lets us in, he reminds us of how much he loves us. The verse that we started with, verse 14, said, the Lord himself will will fight for you, just stay calm. But how hard is it in these moments when we're facing something that feels like a giant Red Sea to stay calm and to trust that God is going to show up? I have to wonder how many of us right now in this moment are able to think about our own Red Sea moments, our own Red Sea experiences. That's our story. Those are the moments when we felt like things couldn't possibly get worse. The moments when fear and doubt almost became more unbearable than ever. But somehow in those moments, God opened up his arms, he invited us in, and he showed us that he will make a way. He taught us that his ways, it turns out, are still a whole lot better than ours. Those times when we're able to slow down long enough to remember who the true hero of our stories is supposed to be. Because it's not about us. It's not about what we can accomplish and what we can do through our own strength. It's about what we give God room and permission to do through us to show his love and to share that with the people around us. Your story is simply the way that you retell your firsthand eyewitness account of what God has done and will continue to do in your life. The way that you share about your experiences that God knew you would one day have the opportunity to tell someone else about. You see, after the Israelites had made it through the Red Sea to the other side, they stopped immediately to worship God. They stopped to celebrate what God had just done in their lives. They stopped to share their story. And in this setting in particular, they they did that through song. In Exodus 15, verse 2, we read the words of the song that they cried out and praised to God to thank him for saving their lives. Here's what the Israelites sang. They said, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God. I will praise him. My father's God. I will exalt him. They stopped in that moment to share their story of God's goodness and provision that they had just experienced. Now I realize and I imagine that when you and I think about stopping to share our story, it probably doesn't sound quite as poetic as what the Israelites sang to God. And sometimes because we think we can't craft words or songs or phrases like that, we think we have nothing to offer. 
But I want to remind you that God is much more interested in the sincerity, the vulnerability, and the honesty of our words than he is interested in the eloquence of our words. Because the day when you finally use your own words to share your story is the most powerful sermon that you could ever preach. Because you're talking about your own experiences and your own heart, and you point people to Jesus every step of the way. Now, some of you are thinking right now about those times where you thought or you hoped that you were about to experience what the Israelites did that day at the Red Sea. You wanted God to swoop in and save the day and give you a story to sing and give you a story to share, and that's just not what happened. Or maybe it just didn't happen in the way that you hoped or prayed or really believed that it might. I want to talk to those of you who are feeling that way for just a second. Theologian Henry Nouwen, in his book, The Wounded Healer, he reminds us of the power that we have to share about our deepest hurts and our deepest struggles. And it's actually oftentimes because of these hurts and these struggles that we learn what it feels like to experience distress and to accept the empathy that we need, which in turn allows us and empowers us to pass on that grace, pass on that goodness, pass on that faithfulness that we experience in those moments to someone else who is hurting. Every human being in this room and watching today has experienced hurts. And unfortunately, every single one of us will experience hurts again. But what sometimes we forget about is the power that we have in the moments when we experience hurt to either allow those hurts to wound us further or allow us to become a wounded healer who takes what we have experienced in those moments and uses it to point somebody to Jesus. I want to read to you how Henry Nouwen describes and defines a wounded healer. He said, being a wounded healer starts with a deep self-awareness of our own personal struggles and then receiving empathy, which is tender-hearted understanding and compassionate support from God. Being filled with love, we can overflow that love to others so they know they are not alone. Feeling our own sadness, anger, anxiety, and inadequacy, we can deeply empathize with the emotions of other people so they can articulate their own experience and receive care. In many ways, what Nowen is describing in this entire book about being a wounded healer is, is figuring out what your story is, even if it's full of hurt and pain, and knowing those moments when your story of hurt and pain can help somebody else because they're walking through something similar. I think the reason that this book and the whole concept of being a wounded healer resonates with me so much is that God's love is truly something that I have struggled in different seasons of my life to really accept. I have no problem standing or sitting in front of anyone trying to convince you and tell you how much you deserve God's love. But when it comes to me, I still wonder if it can be true in my life. I have struggled to accept that once and for all. But now instead that we can overflow that love to others so they know they are not alone. And in many ways, that's the story that I am living. So here's a piece of my story. For a long time, I really struggled with seeking unconditional love and approval from everyone except God. I was crushed by the weight of everyone else's opinions of me, so much so that I didn't really care what God's opinion of me unless everyone else thought well of me never realizing that the only one that could actually provide that for me was God himself. But once I experienced that love and I started actually believing that it was possible for me to have that too, 
I noticed that I could actually breathe a little easier. I noticed that the weight of what had been crushing me down for so long actually was being lifted. I wasn't supposed to live my life in a way of trying to please everyone else and make everyone love me. I could find that in God alone. And to be honest, I still face challenges with that sometimes, but God continues to show me every single day that his love is all that I need. Now, in 60 seconds or less, I shared kind of like a personal thing that I don't know that I've ever shared with this many people at one time. But I hope that in those moments of being honest and vulnerable with you, I hope that there was a moment where you realized, you know what, this isn't actually as weird as I thought it was going to be. Talking about your life and the hurts and the pain and the, the things that you're wondering if anyone else has ever felt, it shouldn't feel awkward to talk about. And sometimes we overcomplicate it in such a way that we think that we don't have the right words to share. In those words that I shared with you, I talked about my life before Jesus and I talked about my life with Jesus. Jesus has been a part of my life since I was born, but in many ways until I finally accepted that he loved me unconditionally, I didn't get to have my life with Jesus, walking closely with him. So maybe for you, it's something completely different. Maybe there's something in your life that you have experienced or walked through where you can clearly see a distinction between life before Jesus and life with Jesus. How is your life been impacted? How is your story different because of his goodness and his faithfulness in your life? One of the most essential pieces of telling our story is that we have to remember whose story we're actually telling. I want you to think about some of the conversations that you've had over the last few weeks about maybe something that you're facing right now in your life, something that you are walking through, something that feels really challenging in this season of life. As you talk about that thing that you're going through, are you talking about the ways that you are working to make it better? Or are you talking about the ways that you're seeing God show up in those moments, making him the hero of what you're walking through right now? And if you can't remember the last time you pointed to Jesus or you were clearly able to articulate where he fit into all of that, maybe today is an invitation or an opportunity to do exactly that. Every time we talk about our story, it should be focused on what God has done in our life, not about what we have done. You see, this really cool thing happens when we take the focus off of ourselves and it's that we can suddenly see God a little more clearly. There are parts of your life and parts of your story where maybe you didn't even realize he was there until you slowed down long enough to realize he's never left. God is the one who can transform our circumstances and whether visibly or invisibly, his goodness is guiding us along the way. And the difference between telling your story in a way that makes it a testimony versus telling your story as a biography is your ability to point out Jesus in every single moment of your life. Uh, Glenn Packiam is a pastor who I'm doing a, a cohort with right now to learn about resiliency in ministry. And he said this recently that I thought was an important reminder for all of us. He said, the difference between a celebrity and a saint is the difference between an idol and an icon. One wants you to look at them. The other wants you to look through them to God. Are you living your life? Are you telling your story in such a way that people are looking at you as the hero and the idol? Or are you telling your story in such a way that allows people to look through you and see God immediately? It should never be about us. 
Last week, we introduced you to Tabitha. And if you weren't here last week, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the first part of her story, because right now we have the opportunity to hear from her again. Uh, She's going to remind us of how important and how essential it is that we share our story with others. So let's listen and learn from Tabitha right now. Sharing my faith with words is important because I want people to know who I am and what I believe and that Jesus is real and that Jesus died for their sins just as he did mine. And there's the only way to, I mean, you can walk the walk, I guess, all day long, you know, and do the right things. But opening up my story to someone on a very personal level allows them the opportunity to see my vulnerability and to see how I've made it and why I'm saying I've made it. It doesn't matter why other people say I've made it. If I'm saying that I made it because Jesus Christ is the way that I made it, then that's how I made it. I mean, that's what gave me strength. Those moments where people are looking, they're looking for an answer. they're struggling, they don't um, understand why. Everybody goes through pain. Every single day we go through pain. Every single day we're looking for something to fill what we think is a void. And I feel like that void can easily be filled with Jesus in a way that, um, that you don't look for anything else. I think that was my problem, is that I had this huge hole for many reasons. And I just kept trying to find something to fill that hole, to feel whole. And um, it wasn't until I gave everything to Christ and I realized the impact of His love and the impact of His grace and mercy and His, His sacrifice, everything that He did for me before I even was. That I would love to express that to people, to give them a little bit of hope. I mean, like, even if it's a small word of kindness, I think it goes a long way. You know, I know people that aren't even necessarily believers, and then they get frustrated, and you know what I say? I say, Jesus loves you. And I, and I mean, like, they just, they laugh about it, but I mean, like, I say it, and I just want to keep reminding everybody. The way I overcome the fear of rejection is through prayer. I am a firm believer in the power of prayer. Um, I find that when I forget to pray, most often I feel more anxious. And I feel like prayer is the best medicine to defend anything. And because of that, I just, uh, it's given me a little bit more confidence to share my story and to be totally transparent with people and not fear the judgment. Judgment is a part of life. Everybody's gonna judge you whether they mean to or not. Um, But I think the proof is in the pudding. I mean, like, here I am standing before people and telling them that Jesus is the reason why. God uses my story in every person. He uses my story with my children. He uses my story with my mom, my friends. Um, He's using my story right now. He uses my story through my schooling and he's using my story through everything I do in my future ministry. My story is the reason why that I'm doing it.
Tabitha reminded us that God continues to give her opportunities to use her story in every relationship in her life. God continues to provide moments where she realizes that she can play a huge role in someone's life by playing sometimes what feels like the most obscure, tiny role possible. Tabitha will likely never, ever realize the full impact that she has had and will continue to have on the people in her life. And what I love about the ways that she tells her story is that not knowing the impact is not keeping her from continuing to tell people about Jesus. And when you don't care so much about the impact you're making, it actually allows God to be the hero instead of you. We all have different roles to play in each other's stories. Uh, We've all played a role in people's lives that we'll never, ever realize. So many people who are a part of this church have played a role in my story. The ways that you have encouraged me and prayed for me, the ways you have loved my children and taught them about Jesus, all of these little things that you might think are small actually really contribute to my life and my faith story and my journey with Christ. I can think of people from every season of my life who have played what they might have thought was a very tiny role in my life. I think of a woman named Jean Respress who taught me, I'm talking preschool, elementary years about Jesus, and I still remember words that she said to me. I think about Evelyn Taylor, who was one of my college professors, who pointed out things in me that I had never believed to be true about myself. I think we all could think about who those people have been in different parts of our lives, and I wonder if they realize the impact that they've had on our story. We have to stop underestimating how small our role is in every person's story and just simply allow God to shine through us and let him do the work that he needs to do. I know that there are some folks in here who are Lord of the Rings fans, and I saw a Lord of the Rings reference that really described the point I'm trying to make here. So to some of you, this isn't going to make any sense, but maybe just one person, it'll click. While I'd love to imagine myself as the Gandalf of someone else's story, I am much more likely one of those confused-looking hobbits that Bilbo runs by as he springs through the Shire, determined to catch up with the company of dwarves. Here's the reality. Sometimes it's going to feel weird to tell our story. Sometimes we might feel like we look like a confused-looking, awkward hobbit just standing by in someone's story, but never underestimate the power that you can have when you stop trying to be the hero and instead allow God to be the hero because that is all he wanted to do from the very beginning. Our stories are not finished yet. We are still going to face challenges in our lives. We are still going to make mistakes. There will still be days ahead when temptation does does its very best to get the best of us. And because we know that those things might be ahead, too many of us have allowed that excuse to keep us from telling our story to anyone. We're still waiting for that amazing feat of triumph at the end, so our story wraps up with a pretty little bow and sounds like the coolest story that someone has ever heard. But can I remind you that the only end to any story of any person here today, the only certainty in any of our lives is that our need for Jesus and our need for his grace in our lives will never, ever end. And we have to stop waiting until we are ready to start telling about how much we care about that. Because if we wait until we think we're ready or we wait until we think our story is over, it's going to be too late. 
I want to remind you of the words in 1 Peter that we read at the beginning of our time when Paul said, and if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. I hope that you are ready to explain that hope or at least ready to begin dreaming about what God can do through you starting today. And do you know the best part? The best part is that as we think we are just going to start thinking about how we could play a a role in someone else's life, the best part is that long before that name even enters our mind, Long before we think that we might be ready to talk to a certain person about our faith, God has been opening up their hearts. God has been softening their hearts to the words he knows that we are going to share far before we even think about doing it. All we have to do and all God is asking us to do is join the conversation that he's already started and play the role that he needs us to play by sharing our story. This morning, I want to give you just a moment. Um, I'm going to ask and challenge you to, uh, to talk to God. I'm going to ask you to um, ask him who it is that he needs you to tell your story with. Is there a person in your life that maybe you just know needs a little bit of hope? Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that you have. Who in your life needs to know why you have the hope that you have today? Is it a person? Is it just your workplace where you want to talk more about the fact that you come to church on the weekends? Is it your soccer team that you want to shine the light of Jesus in? Will you ask God to reveal a name to you this morning? And if you're comfortable, we're gonna ask you to take that one step further. There's gonna be a phone number on the screen. Will you just text us and let us know the first name of that person so that we can be praying over you, over that person, over the impact that God is asking you to make in their lives, never underestimating the ability that you have to point people to Jesus and make him the hero every single time. Will you pray with me and then keep praying to God after I finish? Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the incredible privilege that it is to be reminded of the power of our stories that you have given us. God, every single time that we even start to think that we are the hero in our lives, God, humble us and remind us that it is you who shines through us. Give us opportunities to be reminded of the goodness that you have brought into our lives. Even if it is through some of our most difficult days, God, there is still good found in you. And I pray that you will make that more evident in our lives than ever before. Give us the courage, give us the strength, give us the energy and the excitement to what you have called us to. God, right now I pray for each of these people that you will give them a word or a group of people that you need them to be more bold with, remembering that every time they open their mouth to talk about you, they remember that Jesus is why. We thank you for today. We thank you for loving us. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen.